What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and I'm joined by one of our great hosts, Mr. Brandon, sir. How are you today? Man, I am good, Phoenix. It is good to be back on. It's good to be talking more movies with you. It's crazy. It's like we've made it to one of, if not the biggest release of the year. So um, it's going to be great to talk about. It's unfortunate that Zach couldn't make it um he had he had something last minute so um it's just gonna be uh phoenix and i but we are gonna knock this review out of the park because there's so much we have to dive into phoenix how are you buddy man listen i woke up so excited today because we are talking about what i can't imagine i mean i'm sure there will be but i can't imagine there being that many more better films than this uh this year i mean i'm sure there will be I will I will eat that by the by the time December comes, but whoo man, the Batman. Uh when I say like the Batman was not one of my most anticipated films this year. It really was not. Um I was looking forward to it, but uh like if I had ranked my most anticipated, it probably would have been around third or fourth, somewhere around there. Um, but man. Talk about having your expectations completely blown away. I mean, completely blown away. Uh, I remember, I distinctly remember the day they announced Robert Pattinson as Batman. I was like, I was at my friend's house. We were playing cards. I looked on my phone. It popped up, I think, on Twitter or something. And I was the only one who had knew knew it at the time. And I just, I just like audibly laughed. I was like, ha ha, like, cause I knew the reaction. I knew what the reaction was gonna be. And I told my friends and they immediately confirmed my thoughts. <laughs> they were like, Twilight boy? Yeah. <laughs> and it was so funny. And I was like, yeah. But at that point in time, the only other Robert Pattinson movie I had seen was Remember Me. And I was like, I thought he was pretty great in that. Um, that movie got an unfair rep, but uh, I thought he was pretty good in that. But then in the time since that announcement, I saw Devil All the Time, Tenet, The Lighthouse, Good Time. And I was like, whoo, <laughs> this Robert Pattinson guy is... uh." <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'll, I'll I'll agree on that. Is like because like everybody's like, oh, Robert Pattinson, the Twilight guy, the vampire, the, the sparkling vampire guy. He is so evolved as an actor nowadays. Like, if you look at him from the Twilight series to now, he has evolved and matured so much as an actor, and it's it's fantastic. I just think, and listen, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Twilight. I really loved it. Um, and I thought he was he was solid. He embodied the Edward Cullen that I knew from reading the books. Um, but like I just thought it was incredible the the range of projects that he had taken on since then. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, you're working with Safties, you're working with uh Robert Eggers, you know what I'm saying? Like you you're you're getting some top-notch quality scripts here where you you're able to do just some great things you know what I'm saying just mm-hmm. stunning things and so like the the quality of work that he had amassed in between Twilight and now I was like 
dude, this guy can act. But even yeah. then, even then, I did not expect him to deliver a performance this good. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, we we sort of <laughs> went off on a, on a little tangent there. But anyway, it's Robert Pattinson, he's in this movie. So right. it kind of kind of ties in. Exactly. So off off rip, uh Robert Pattinson uh aside. What are your non-spoiler thoughts on the Batman? I was thoroughly, um, what's the term for it? <laughs> Invested in this film. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies that like my where my eyes are like just glued to the screen, and like there are a couple films where I like look around. I'm like, all right, when is this gonna end? Mm-hmm. This my eyes. This film, my eyes were glued to the screen the entire time. Like. Yes, it did. It, you literally felt the three-hour runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I especially on the second time after you know what, ha- what all happens because the first time I was like, "Is I was I having I kind of had that oh is this going to end soon type of thing," but like I didn't want it to end. Right. I did not want this film to end. Like after they arrested Riddler, I'm like, "Damn, is it over already?" <laughs> and then he has that little monologue, and then he goes back to the apartment. I'm like, "Oh, okay, good. Right, right. There's a lot more left in this film, but." I, I that's some non-spoiler stuff but um yeah i was very thoroughly invested in this movie uh, phoenix how about you yeah i like when i remember thinking when it uh when it ended i was like yeah that was probably too long like it was it was probably too long like there were there were a couple of scenes where i was like could have shaved 15 minutes here 10 minutes here five minutes here you know what i'm saying wouldn't have hurt um but my overall impression of the movie when i when i ended was like that was amazing <laughs> like just so so freaking just uh, out of this world good i just did not expect it to be that good you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like I, I expected it to be good. I expected it to be, you know, solid Batman movie, no problem. Probably would have been in the conversation of second or third best Batman film, or would have been like people being ridiculously overhyped, like it's the greatest thing ever. Like, and I was like, I was like, no, nah, I won't be that. Um, no, it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it it is that. Um, like even with my complaints about certain scenes maybe they they went on too long or maybe they were unnecessary anything like that i was like reserved i was like i really freaking love this movie but i don't want to call it like a masterpiece yet i don't want to i don't want to be that guy then i went and saw it again god damn it yeah it's a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's a masterpiece um it's fantastic what what matt reeves does with this character this story the way that he delivers the bat like honest to god this feels like the first time i i can say that this feels like the batman like this feels like the character that it was always supposed to be in live action that that's where i came away with it like yes more than more than keaton more than Clooney more than Kilmer more than Bale this feels like the Batman for real like like okay I'll have to agree with you there 
However, like I'll, I'll say this, Pattinson is my favorite Batman now because he's he like, he's the most comic accurate. Feels like now, but as far as world building goes, I still love the Dark Knight trilogy's world building a lot more. That's fair. Because I mean, maybe it's because I've had three films from them, but I just feel like the right. characters are better there. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the characters here. Mm-hmm. I just I, I feel like Dark Knights was just. I'm, it might end up being better. I I, I want to wait for a trilogy before I can actually say that. Right. But like as of right now, I think yeah. Like for me of the uh, the Nolan trilogy, the my favorite one has always been Batman Begins. That was that was my favorite of, out of the three. Uh huh. And so when this came up, because like you said, one's a trilogy. This is just a, a solo film. So I I can't compare the entire trilogy, but. I can say, okay, this was my favorite of that trilogy. How does it compare to that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like apples to apples between Batman Begins and, and the Batman. I think the Batman is far superior. Like, it just as, a, as the first film out of the gate comparison, I think the mm-hmm. Batman is far superior just in terms of story like purely story. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think the Batman Begins story is incredible. Like, I do think it's, a, it's the strongest of the origin stories of Batman. Mm-hmm. But uh, what they do here, man, I mean, just taking the, the year one, year two approach, seeing this young Batman still learning, still trying to figure out uh, what his purpose is and, and what exactly he brings to Gotham. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just the perfect way to deliver this story, man. It was the it was the perfect way. Yeah. It, uh, can we break the seal on spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Cause yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. For those of you listening, this is your official spoiler alert. Uh, if you made it this far, um, I'm surprised. But uh, I'm not saying uh, okay. Cut that out. Mm-hmm. If you have made it this far and you haven't seen it, cut off this. Cut off this. Cut off this um, podcast and go watch the film and come back. But okay, this is we are officially diving into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, I love the vengeance aspect of this, like because yes. he because there's just so there's just so much right with it. Like mm-hmm. as far as vengeance, Batman goes, mm-hmm. he, he's still like dealing with the trauma of everything, losing his parents, and how, about how dark Gotham is, and how he he has to be the guy to stop the crime. So. Vigilante mess, mixed with vengeance gives us this really dark and emotional character. And I really like that. Like when he just beats the crap out of that guy who asks who the hell he's supposed to be. Dude, like I know we saw it in the trailer, but there were no grunts. He just did that so silently, like John Wick does, like yeah, John Wick would. Just pure, pure anger, visceral, just ugliness it was beautiful <laughs> yeah like just even matt reeves with the um with like the camera with his camera work was stunning mm-hmm. the because as far as as far as it goes as far as fight scenes go it felt a lot like the arkham games i don't know if you've ever played them yes but the way that batman fights in this and he's sworn by enemies it just felt the same as like if you oh, were to play as yes. Batman in the Arkham games, it yes. is beautiful. I remember because I, I think uh, Arkham City is the is the one that I have, and I remember 
playing that game and I'd be like beating the crap out of a, of one guy. And um, another guy would be attacking me at the same time, but you got to finish like the, uh, the, the combo that you're doing on the other guy before you can deal with that guy. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm beating the crap out of this guy, getting beat up. And then once I'm done with him, every time, every strike this guy goes for, I can block, bam, just you know, the gameplay on Arkham is incredible, but like, you're right. The second I saw that scene, that was the first thing I thought of was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how it is in the Arkham games. Like, very, yeah, very to the letter. I was like, I, I love that. Yeah. So that was a great comparison. Yeah. But um, to, to head back to like the vengeance arc, I can't talk about this without talking about Riddler's entrance him being the very beginning of the ooh, film. Ooh, and because my second viewing it. I, I picked up on it. They played Ave Maria in the very beginning. And I thought that was, a, I thought that was just a very random. I, I thought it was just going to be end up being just a random music choice that Matt Reese put in there to like set us in this world of like, Oh, just a classical piece. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. This, this was the Riddler's theme. Yes. A dark and demented version of Ave Maria. And it was beautiful. Man. But, um, so Riddler kills the, the, one of the, the people running for mayor mm-hmm. um and i i it was great uh, um he, <laughs> yeah he was running for city mayor and riddler kills him and a in a very gruesome way too yeah but um when batman shows up and he sees the sun and you can see the tears like his swelling in bruce's eyes man mm-hmm. oh my god it's like this is like the dark trauma I'm telling you about. Like he's like, he, he understands, he under he understands, he feels it. And he's just staring at this kid, like not even sure what to say, but he just knows he's in almost the same exact shoes as him. You know what, man, that scene. I, at first I was like, I was like, why are they holding on this scene for so long? But then I, it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, you're you're watching a kid like that kid is that kid is bruce essentially that kid is bruce his parents not he didn't lose all his parents but his dad was murdered he saw his dad like he was the first one to find him Mm -hmm. like he just knows that whatever happens from this moment forth this kid is forever changed and 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 he knows he knows what that is like and i think it's great that they bring it back to to that in the funeral scene because it's like I, the thing that that you batman has to be thinking that bruce wayne has to be thinking is which way is this kid gonna go mm-hmm. is he going is this is this trauma going to move him to change the the, the city or is it going to move him to tear it apart you know yeah. out of sheer revenge and that's something that like that contrast, I think, is brilliantly done, like mm-hmm. brilliantly done. And it's executed without saying anything. I just. Yeah. Huh. So good. I, like, I don't know if that was a director's um, vision or just it came through in the performance, but it was executed per- perfectly. Yeah. See, you know what's great is like even before Batman goes to the crime scene, like we talked about the lo- the little fight scene in the beginning. Can we like I know every single podcast is going to talk about this. I know every single Twitter user is going to talk about this. 
but it'd be a crime not to. Can we talk about the cinematography in this movie? Man, <laughs> listen, I put out a tweet shortly uh, yesterday, and I said that this may not last, but there, there, there are a few things where I could see this film picking up uh, award, awards attention. And one of them was cinematography, because Greg Frazier's cinematography in this month. Now, I'm pointing him out specifically because he also did the cinematography of another film uh, in 2021 that is up for cinematography. Mm -hmm. Doom. Greg Frazier is not one to play with. This dude is nice. (laughs) Yes. This dude is nice. Um, His cinematography here is even better. <laughs> I would argue even better than Doom. And it's incredible what he does with lighting, what they do with shadow. Who like okay, like that opening scene where where he's doing the 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 voiceover and he says they think I am in the shadows. I am the shadow. I was like, "Ooh, and like every time they pan to like these dark corners and they think he's there, I'm like, "Ooh." Cuz Cause you, cause you feel it with them. Yes. Like it's, it's not just like it's not just a thing of like okay, no, we know he's not there. No, they're like you, it, the you follow the spray paint bottle that goes into like the, the dark abyss. I'm like, shoot, is he gonna jump out there? Right. Or because like you have the helicopter shine on them and they look up, see the bat signal, they like they freak out. They're like, oh shit. <laughs> like oh, just. He does so many great things. And that's just the opening scene uh, yeah. in terms of cinematography. This, like one thing that I love about cinematography is if it's done well, it doesn't matter what kind of scene it is. It'll shine through mm-hmm. the action scenes like that scene that where he's beating up all these thugs or whatever. Even then, the cinematography is excellent. Yeah, I mean, excellent flows perfectly. You see everything The the. Uh, I don't want to gloat for an hour. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to like be like gas you up for an hour. But it's just it's so incredibly well done. There's a scene later in the film. There's a couple of scenes later <laughs> in the, in this film, but one that definitely stood out to me is the the scene where we're jumping really far ahead here. But the scene where um, Batman is talking to Riddler in Arkham. You want to talk about just brilliant cinematography. <laughs> like, yes. Just that scene alone is chef's kiss perfect. <laughs> in yeah. terms, and that's then that's just one aspect. Just the cinematography alone in that scene is perfect. And there's a bunch of other aspects that work in that scene as well. We'll get to that later. But yeah. See, you know what's funny is like everybody's gonna be talking about that one shot, like when he's up on that cap, not the catwalk, but like that high up building where the bat signal is and like he's talking to Catwoman. Everyone's going to be praising that scene for a cinematography. Like it's good. good. It, oh, it's a good scene. scene and it, it's a good scene and the cinematography is good, but it is nowhere near the rest of the cinematography in this movie. <laughs> There's so many other shots that outshine this. Oh my God. It's, but it's like, a yeah, but you know, what's crazy is like, there's just, if you, you talk about like, not even just cinematography, sound design. Woo! Listen, listen, on that list, sound design was the number one thing that, well, it wasn't the number one, but it was the thing that I put on there for sure. I feel like this. This movie sound design is like 
<clears throat> Cruella's costume design, where it was like, no, no, no matter what, I don't care what happens throughout the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. This is the one thing that this movie is getting nominated for. Yeah. No questions asked. Like, yeah. it, it's insane because like Batman films where like, yeah, they're great. They don't make you feel like you're in the room. This movie made you feel like you were in the room. You could hear like every little like rubber movement of mm-hmm. Batman's suit. Mm-hmm. You could hear every footstep. You could hear like things that were happening like not like 10 feet down the way mm-hmm. of like someone else talking. You could hear just all of it. And it is beautiful. Like like one of the things that like make action scenes work is their sound design. Like but this movie, I mean, when when Batman is walking out to, to challenge the thugs, you hear it. Like you hear his footsteps, uh-huh. you hear what it sounds like when he breaks bones, when he punches people, when like they scream, everything is heightened, mm-hmm. heightened as hell. Um, riding the motorcycles, it sounds incredible. Uh, there's a scene in particular uh, that I'm thinking of, uh, but like the sound design in this movie, I mean, it's epic. And listen, it's still out in theaters. I know. I know theaters are expensive, but if you get the chance, you have to see this thing in IMAX or Dolby because the sound design will. I mean, you will feel it in your bones how good the sound design is. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to get to this point yet, but I gotta bring it up. Yeah, do it. The reveal of the Batmobile. Dude, the sound is so good. The sound on that scene is whole. Like, like it is, it is holy. Like, you understand? Like, it is immaculate. Like, they, like, just, oh my God. I was in an IMAX theater, just like my seat was trembling. I was yes. like, I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm in the car with him. Like, it is so good like in the fear like because they 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 hold it on like penguin and the the other guys and the fear that like you can feel like is rattling within them you feel it because that sound is so rich Mm -hmm. it's so good oh my god it was amazing (laughs) yeah it's just it just scenes like that are just beautiful it's like you not many films are able to just like make you like you know how like you go to a rock concert and you can like feel the vibrations in your chest Mm -hmm. there are very few films that don't that can do that dune was one of them Mm -hmm. this film wasn't just another fantastic one that did it and it was beautiful like because it it, it's it's like you know how regal does like the 40x experience Mm -hmm. you don't need the 40x experience when you have a film like this no you you (laughs) like it, it 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 immerses you into the movie it's so good. It's <laughs> like, like I, there's something else I want to mention is like, can we talk about how like I, I know we're talk gushing about like the technicalities of this film. Uh-huh. I want to talk about a plot point real quick. Okay. Can we talk about how clever the Riddler is with his clues? Oh man, you know what? That was one thing that I was like when when they announced that the Riddler would be the villain. I've always loved Riddler, like every iteration of Riddler, Jim Carrey's Riddler. uh, uh, I don't know his name from uh, Gotham. Corey Michael Smith. Corey Michael Smith, his version of Riddler, loved it. 
this Riddler was like so good, like so so good, and and so perfect for this story because they they go a sort of uh, mystery crime noir thriller uh, style for it. Mm-hmm. So to have someone like Riddler, whose whose riddles aren't like um, easy to to figure out, you know what I'm saying? They have intricate parts to it. I think one riddle took like an hour to solve. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, who, who the El Rata is? El Rata, like I was like El Rata Elada. Like I was like, yeah, that took a minute. So uh-huh. I was just like, I was like, yeah, bro, this, this, it was dope. <laughs> it was so dope. Um, and uh, yeah, just like the the intricacies of this character mm-hmm. and what he does, like it made me so happy that you know, in in many uh, iterations of Batman stories, what happens is the the villain usually find not not Batman stories, superhero stories comic book mm-hmm. movies uh that first hero usually you know they, they they bite the big one either through their own fault or or something else that somebody else does you know what i'm saying but i'm so happy that riddler survives this movie because mm-hmm. i want more from that character <laughs> like yeah. so bad i i'm so excited to see more from him because yeah his 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 riddles were incredible he was sort of he was sort of like a jigsaw uh-huh like they used him sort of as a jigsaw in this except like most of his victims are already gone but like yeah yeah see paul dano puts a new spin on. i mean everybody puts a new spin on it but paul dano making his character a serial killer who fan mm-hmm. that's like art right there <laughs> but you know what's crazy is like i i forgot to mention this earlier matt reeves is a beast when it comes to continuity Mm-hmm. so you remember during the first murder and like i was saying how like you can hear people walking around and stuff mm-hmm. you know how it was raining outside mm-hmm. during that movie during that part usually films will be like oh okay or we're just gonna dry off all of our characters you could hear like like a lot of the cops and detectives around you could hear their shoes like like streaking across like like there's the, the bottom of their shoes are wet mm-hmm. like oh my god <laughs> like oh my god how 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 not can how can you not love that? Listen, <laughs> I mean this. If this movie does not get nominated for sound design, I'm blowing that place up. <laughs> like, no, no, no. We do not condone violence on this podcast. Exactly. But like, yeah, no. This movie, man, the sound design in this is just it's ridiculous. But yeah, like it's not even just the sound design. It's just like the continuity of like Matt Reeves understanding what's going on outside Sorry. of their of his set yeah. like what's going on outside of the set what's happening inside the story it's raining we're gonna make our cops uh shoes wet um towards the end of the film um um bruce takes off his battering to cut the the wire mm-hmm. i mean he gets it back but most times you'll uh, most times like films will like they'll tr- reshoot some shots and they'll forget to do a couple things with their characters mm-hmm his battering was not on his chest the entire, the entire scene. Yep. The entire time he was leading the people with the flare. Impressive, man. Just impressive. It, 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 yeah, just incredible. Incredible continuity, storytelling. Uh, I want to get back to Paul Dano's uh, really Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I remember when I saw the very first trailer for this movie. And I remember like, it's crazy to me that we're pointing out the sound design because I'm like, even in the trailer, like you hear the the, the pulling of the tape or whatever, and uh-huh. how, they, how well that sounds and how well they line it up and everything. And the scene where he murders the mayor, I mean, it's it's ugly. Like, like it's ugly. It's so brutal. It's so full of rage. And and then what he does later, how he, you know, binds him up, you know, no more lies. He he hangs up all of like these stories about him and he writes lies all over him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The riddle. <laughs> What God, what does yeah. a what does a liar do when he when he's dead? He lies. He, he lies still. still. <laughs> like like, dude. Like, just talk about a brilliantly written character, and and just going the serial killer route for for the Riddler. I mean, because the Riddler even says it at, uh, later in the movie. He's not a. He's one. Of, he's not like the strongest of the Batman villains, right? Like he's not. He's, he's like, the most he, clever, though. Right. He can't physically, you know, tango with Batman, but his mind, the way it works, and the way that he like sets everything up, it's so scary. <laughs> like it really is scary, and like what he man, and a lot of people pointed out this, and I have to agree. When you finally see Riddler's face, when you finally see Paul Dano, it's amazing how regular he looks, right? Because you uh-huh. see him in the mask. But if you had seen this guy walking down the street, you wouldn't think anything of him. He's probably like an accountant or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who works behind the desk. He doesn't seem, he's very unassuming. And that's what's threatening about him is that he's not a menace. He looks like your average everyday person. Yeah, that's the scary part about it. Mm-hmm. Something I love is like, like he even mentions it. He's like, "Yeah, my muscle isn't down here; it's up here." Right. But uh, I mean, I, I'm for the for those listening audio wise, I I just pointed to my head. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just like even that he like he 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 even mentions it. But like the scariest part is like he thought Batman and him were working together this whole time. <laughs> And like he he has this belief that just like Batman is just on his side with everything, trying to help him out, and he'll get arrest, like arrested too. And because even he like he freaks out, he's like, "No, this is not how this is supposed to go." <laughs> That's it, <laughs> man. Um, talk about just an actor hitting a note that that just works i mean that scene the way he like and there there are times even with the mask on where he just loses it and that's mm-hmm. just those those are some of my favorite favorite moments uh with colson and he's got colson on the phone and colson's trying to like you know explain himself and he just yells at him like shut up like <laughs> you don't get to speak after what you've done and i'm like oh my god like uh-huh I, I I'm I'm like there are so many moments in this in this movie where I'm like Paul Dano's Riddler is terrifying because he's like a guy that could fly off the handle at any moment. Yeah, you realize he's like living on like the razor thin knife edge, 
mm-hmm. and just little things will provoke him and he'll he'll lose it and that he gets that note perfectly uh when batman's talking to him in prison and he's like you know this is not how this was supposed to go like i we were supposed to enjoy this night together like <laughs> he's just he yeah he's he's completely psychotic and it's it's brilliant to watch like yeah see like upon second viewing um when he was talking about he's like when because the first time he mentioned he's like he was like oh you're gonna see it all unfold like he's like what unfold all of this um i thought he was just talking about like the future of the city and just crime how it unravels but no he was talking about the plot that he set up to like pretty much bomb the entire seawall mm-hmm. and what what makes it great is like it's not some over convoluted plan that likes like a batman villain would do in like the comics or these older films no what he does feels real especially mm-hmm. nowadays it's like you people do co- a lot of people have cult followings like mm-hmm. if somebody told, told them to do something they would go out and do it just like when when like the internet wanted to go out and raid area 51 which i still think is stupid to this day the dumbest thing you could possibly do yes yeah like he had i i find it funny how they met the cop mentioned how he had like 500 followers on his social media like out like i'm like that's not a lot but like i i think i think it's funny that like that i think it's crazy like they they use like modern day technology because like most films most films happen in like uh, for Batman wise happen like the 70s mm-hmm. or like the early 2000s now this film took place in modern day and they use modern technology to try and set everything up which is great because like even even the Riddler's plan very few people knew about it and if you wanted to find it out it was locked behind an encrypted video mm-hmm. yeah so like it 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 was I just so much about this film worked so much so much yeah <laughs> like so uh whew, there's a bunch of things we still have to get to um so I want to talk characters for a minute because yes we, there was I mean when this cast was announced I was excited the, the like the more names that they kept announcing I was like okay this this is interesting I really am interested to see where this goes to see the final product, man. Ooh, we yes. talk about perfect casting. Um, man, uh, so first off, top of my list is Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz as uh Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Who you want to talk about just I mean, the combination of pure violence and yet intensity and yet passion and beauty you could not have gotten it more perfect i mean (laughs) zoe zoe just fit the mold brilliantly she was she wasn't like unhinged but she was like very much she was speaking to the, the 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 theme of vengeance she embodied it perfectly you know what i'm saying as like someone who was like always always seeking vengeance and then got it maybe not in the way that she wanted but she got it and then all of a sudden it was like what else is there you know what i'm saying exactly what else is there and that sort of separation between her and and batman of you know him realizing that vengeance isn't everything and her realizing that vengeance 
does not bring the sort of catharsis that you you probably want, or maybe it does, but she didn't really receive it. So taking those two different roads and then that final shot of them parting, going separate ways, I was just like, talk about just executing your theme to perfection that you don't even have to say it. Like, mm-hmm. like man, just, I love this story because it like, it doesn't, it doesn't feed everything to its audience. Like I love a lot of the other Batman films. I love a lot of superhero comic book movies that we've had, but that is one thing that you could argue they do a lot is they spoon feed everything to their audience. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Gotta get it. You gotta get it. And so like, cause they just don't want to, they don't want to um, have to explain things or, or, you know what I'm saying? Make it difficult. This is probably part of the reason why a lot of people didn't gravitate towards Eternals. I loved Eternals <laughs> simply for that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I get it. So one of the, that's just one of the things that I really liked about this is like there's a theme and it's there and it's explored, but it's never really spoon fed to you and you get to see mm-hmm. it play out well. Yeah. See, something I, I liked is like you talked about them like parting ways. One goes left, one goes right. Something I loved about that is like Selena goes left to freedom. Meanwhile, Bruce is going right, uh, turning right back into a city where there's just hell going on. Uh-huh. I, I love that aspect. Like one one path will take you to freedom, the other path will take you back to hell. Oh, 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 oh. That's a brilliant description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just there's just so much that was right with this film. Um, one one negative I want to talk about really quickly. I need I need to discuss it. Right. I did not like the casting for Carmine Falcone. Uh, John Taruto, like really. Uh, John Turturro. John Turturro, that was his name. Um, he he did good. Right. He just doesn't fit the mold of a crime boss. <sighs> like if you because like if you go back, take a look at Carmine Falcone in the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Or the Gotham show. They're just so much better. Like shout out to the cinema chat. Like I was having a discussion with Tyler. Tyler was like, "Oh, I liked it because it, it just felt like like a gangster out of a at a Scorsese film." Cool. This isn't a Scorsese film. This is a Matt Reeves film about a Batman film. Uh, 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 this is Matt Reeves film about Batman with a crime boss that's not in a Scorsese film. That's in a Gotham universe that is supposed to be, be- different. I just, uh, I, I just didn't like this Falcone at all. I, I would say, I would say he was, he was, he had a different type of intimidation. Like his was sort of. Oh, what's the word? What's the word to describe it? His was sort of. It wasn't intimidating. He didn't have that intimidating aura that certainly my personal favorite was the one from Gotham. Uh, He didn't have that intimidating aura that the Gotham Carmine Falcone had, like severely just like presence. That's what it was. He didn't have presence. Like and I like John Turturro and I thought he did a I thought he did a pretty good job but you're right about you're right about that in terms of just presence mm-hmm. he, he didn't have that he had he had a you know air about him that was really sort of kind of sleazy he had more of a sleazy air than 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 that intimidating presence so I was like 
Yeah, like the, like if you're sort of hung up on that version of of a uh, Carmine Falcone, then yeah, I could see that um, not working. But I thought he did good. It was just could have been better. Yeah, probably could have been better. <laughs> yeah, see, see, you know what's funny is like he fits the mold of somebody who would play in an Adam Sandler film. Well, yeah, he's done that. So. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. I hate to say that, but yeah, he he would totally fit the mold of an Adam Sandler film. I didn't I didn't hate the casting, but you know, if it were up to me, I would have probably gotten the guy from Gotham to just reprise that role. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, because like he's the only person out of this entire film I just did not agree with the casting on. Colin Farrell, <laughs> holy oh Jesus, my God, dude! Like talk like talk about Paolo Gucci and House of Gucci, like his <laughs> hair and makeup nothing Colin Farrell was unrecognizable completely complete I could find Jared Leto and Paulo Gucci I could see it some sometimes a little bit yeah certain scenes yeah I never saw Colin Farrell (laughs) never not once like Mm -hmm. and like legit like if you did not know that this was Colin Farrell you would never know you would never know you know like because I'm like legit like you don't see him you don't hear him like like the physicality is totally different like bruh like people keep telling me colin farrell's in this movie i don't think he is i think i think that's a lie like i think he got a check to say he was in this movie but like that's not him i don't that's not him i don't care like that's ridiculous because that that was insane yeah something i also want to mention is just another great casting jeffrey wright is Jim Gordon, yeah, <laughs> Gordon. like I he's not a commissioner at this point. He's, I don't think he's, he's Lieutenant Gordon, right he's now. Lieutenant, yeah. See, he did great, like, even like that scene when he's like interrogating Penguin in that dark abyss after that great like chase scene. He's mm-hmm. like, Open your eyes, <laughs> dude. I was like, Oh my god, man, there's he just he does everyone's just so good in this movie. <laughs> I, I love I love the dynamic between uh, Batman and, and 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 Jim Gordon. I uh-huh. really I really love it because it's a it's a way that we've never seen them before. Like it's a way that we've always known they were, but it's a way we literally never seen them be. Which is yeah, they're 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 partners. Like they're essentially partners, mm-hmm. and it's like. That's awesome. Like, it's really, like, crazy how good they are. And I just think that's, that dynamic is great. Uh, <laughs> and I love, love when they're interrogating Penguin. He's like, what is this, good cop and batshit crazy cop? Yeah, batshit crazy cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, like, yeah. Yeah, Jim like, Gordon, Jim, like, Jeffrey Wright really, like, and that was an interesting casting choice as well. Because I was mm-hmm. like, well, what kind of, what kind of Jim Gordon are we getting? Because Again, not to get hung up on it, but like I was really attached to the Jim Gordon from Gotham. I thought he was fantastic. Ben and McKenzie. Ben yeah. McKenzie was a great Jim Gordon. Great Jim Gordon. I was like, yeah, I kind of like this guy. So I was like, to get um, Jeffrey Wright's interpretation of it, I was just like, this is just, it just, it's one of those things where it's like the casting fits the story, fits the theme, fits the characters. It like mm-hmm. all just sort of worked all together in tandem. So I really, I really loved him. Um, I really loved him as, as Jim Gordon. Yeah. 
You know, one character, <laughs> this is going to be random, but one character whom I really, really liked, and I kind of hope we see more of, like, like I want to see this guy in every, in every Matt Reeves Batman movie. Like, he had that impact on me. I just liked him that much. Officer Martinez. <laughs> like, the, the guy who played Officer Martinez in this Is- movie... Was he the guy that was in uh, Riddler's apartment with uh, with Batman? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I I just liked that character. I don't know why I gravitated towards him. I just thought like I loved how he went from like you know being like sort of like this freak, you know what I'm saying, talking about Batman, but then like eventually grows to be like. You know, he's working with us and, and I appreciate him and, and stuff like that. I just love that arc of that character. I really mm-hmm. hope, really hope we see more of him. I just thought he was great. Um, see, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him, actually, because I completely I would have completely forgot to. Mm-hmm. He mentioned Starling. Um, he said the word Starling, which is uh, Starling City, mm-hmm. which Oliver Queen lives in. Mm-hmm. Nice. Dude, how great would it be if we got a, a, a universe version of Oliver Queen and we see a Green Arrow Batman team up. Ooh, I would love that. <laughs> like I would love that for for two reasons because uh Green Arrow much like Batman is just a regular guy. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? He's just a regular they're, they're guy. They're both vigil- they're both vigilantes. They're, they're yeah. both rich. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that would be that would be really awesome to see those two guys team up and it wouldn't it wouldn't be the 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 fantastical batman you know that we're used to in other films where it's like where there's a world where superman and wonder woman exists and you know what i'm saying and these meta humans exist like uh-huh. no these are these are two guys who had the same idea and they team up because they yep. gotta they gotta take on something you know what i'm saying that yeah. affects them both so i would love that i would love that but yeah 100 man uh I love every casting, just about every casting in this movie. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I hate to jump all over the place, but going back to continuity is like, you know, those guys he beats up like when he the first time he goes into the, the iceberg lounge mm-hmm. and like they're all bandaged up next the next time he goes in. And he's like, he even he even brings up. He's like, he's like, looks like I broke that guy's nose. <laughs> he, he, that was the guy he, he chucked the bat at. Nice. <laughs> the baseball bat, but no, he like he's like looks like a broke his nose. I'm like, yeah, that's what I like to see. They're all just like they're still like dealing with their pain from fighting Batman. Yeah. But um, what did you think of Andy Circus as Alfred? You know what? I was actually kind of bummed that we didn't get more of him. You know what I'm saying? Like. Because like that was definitely something I thought of going into my second viewing was like he's not really in this movie a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got maybe three or four scenes, but they're all sort of quick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't really get much of him. Um, and like I would argue that the scene, like his his biggest scene in the movie, uh, when he's talking to Bruce in the hospital. Uh, it's it, it's kind of really, it's very exposition heavy. 
and it's probably like the one scene where I'm like, y'all could have cut this. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. you could have cut, you could have cut it down or something like that. It was just, it was a bit long, and it just, it was kind of taking me out of everything else that was happening. But it, it didn't really take me out, but it's that was one of those scenes where I, I definitely feel like it could have been cut. Um, yeah, it was me, the one where you felt the runtime definitely. Yeah, to me, like, uh, um, I. I know Zach's not here, but I can speak for him on this because we talked about this like as soon as the movie ended. Um, he said that he can't see out um, the guy who played Claw playing a <laughs> butler, which makes which I can understand. Like he did a great job as Alfred. I wish they saved him for a villain role. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I thought like I I I I didn't see Claw at all in this performance like oh i mean neither did i yeah. but like, i mean that's something zach said like yeah but like I, I i still didn't see claw like he did a good job as alfred but i feel like he would have done a way better job as a as a villain perhaps but i think it is it is interesting that that andy circus showed his range um here but yeah i thought he did fine my only gripe is that like because alfred is so integral towards the batman's uh Mythos, mythos in, uh-huh. in general like alfred is essential so like not having him sort of you know be as as like the guy next mm-hmm. to batman in this movie that was a little weird but again with it being like a year one year two story i kind of get it yeah but yeah i was kind of bummed that we just didn't get more of him just because i i think alfred is an essential character but hopefully that's coming in future future films yes um something i really liked um is how they didn't i mean not really how they wrapped it up but how they kind of teased a little bit of a sequel mm-hmm. um i feel like this is i feel like this will be like a good not final discussion but like a good discussion that we can just spend a little bit of time on <laughs> There's a huge debate on whether that's Two Face or whether that's Joker. Like, I mean, I'm I'm having that debate with myself because like you can literally see his burnt face and like his teeth show and everything, but apparently Matt Reeves just confirmed it was Joker, and like other people are like, oh yeah, no, it's Joker, it's Joker, dude. He looks just like Two Face. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I know we only see half his face in the cell, but like, if that's not Two Face, what the hell did you give him a burnt face for? <laughs> like what do you think phoenix i know you and i were kind of on the same boat as like okay yeah yeah yeah. i was like when i saw it i was like oh that's two-faced and then everybody kept saying it was joker i was like wait what how i was like how is that joker and then i saw it again i was like yeah no that's 100 percent two-faced like i'm like you can literally see his face is split in two that's Mm -hmm. two-faced but um yeah matt reeves came out and, and said no that that's our joker and i'm like well, okay. So since he confirmed it, I'm going to say like, if this is Joker, and I said this uh, uh, in our in our Batman uh, chat that we have, um, if this is Joker, this is the a different Joker than we've ever seen. Like by ever, I mean, ever. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not a comic accurate Joker. It's not a cartoon accurate. It's not a other live action accurate. It is a completely 100% percent 
different Joker than we've ever, ever, ever seen. Like, see, see, like I'm on board with having the Joker, honestly, because um, because like you, because it, you complete me. Well, not just that. It's like this 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 version of Batman has a lot of rage issues. Like you could see it when he hit himself with that stim pack to get up and just beat the crap out of that guy. Where after he got shot with a shotgun mm-hmm. to the chest, like he he has a lot of bent up rage, and I could see hi. I could see um, he has a lot of bent up rage. I could see him having a huge thing of um, with Joker. Ugh. Him just like on like, you know how Spider-Man three, like the rage gets to Peter. Mm-hmm. It's that, but on stor- steroids with this Batman. Oh, yeah. So I would totally be on board with us getting a, a version of him where he just like uh, like gets to the point where he almost murders Joker and he has to like fight himself not to. Yeah, that that yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Um, because the the thing about Joker is, and like Matt Reeves also said that he he's not sure if he'll be in the sequel or or down the future. I have no idea. I'm really excited to see it. But 100%, like, the story between Batman and Joker is always a very interesting one. And one that, like, you know, really (laughs) stretches the limits of what Batman's code of ethics is. And I don't know. Like, I'm of the mindset that the whole, you know, no-kill policy that Batman has is a bit ridiculous. Um only because I'm like, you know, I get it for the first time offenders. Get it even for the second time offenders. By the third time, you gotta go. <laughs> like, See, clearly okay, it's so, not something that you're 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 not getting the lesson. You're not learning your lesson. You need to go. <laughs> like, See, this is what this is what I like about like I hate to bring up another project as we're talking about this peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He he he, peacemaker makes that joke about Batman how he's like. You know, he was like, you know, why I don't have a super super villain ledger is because like <laughs> because they kill everybody. I don't I don't lock them up just for them to break out and kill more people. Like one hundred percent. Like that's the core argument against you know anyone who's not a Batman fan is like, uh-huh. yeah, dude, like it's ridiculous. Like you should have yeah. killed these guys. Um, this is one thing that I absolutely have to point out. What's up? And this was the thing that I. I think this is what put this movie above every other Batman movie for me. Um, and it's it's in that scene where where uh, Batman and is talking to Riddler. And he's like, you know, what happened to me? I, I was an orphan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Your father promised us, you know, this life. And then once he was dead, this city, this corrupt people, they took everything from us. Uh-huh. These little kids with nothing they took from us. But everyone was so concerned with Bruce Wayne, this billion dollar orphan who was living this life of Riley. You know what I'm saying? Like he he yes, he was an orphan. Yes, I'm sure his grief was real, but he had billions of dollars to lay back on and, and comfort himself with. 
he had the privilege of traveling for 12 years abroad to discover who he could become and 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 eventually that person obviously became the batman you know what I'm saying like and i love that he challenged that aspect of batman because mm-hmm. to me that that was one of the things that always turned me off of, of of from batman was like here's a character who's rich filthy rich who could be helping his city financially like you could you could definitely you know what i'm saying improve the quality of life in your city just off the money alone you yep. don't need to go down there and brutalize people living on the bottom as this mass vigilante. And the one thing that I feel like the, a lot of people, you know, crap on these, these movies, but I think Val Kilmer's and George Clooney's version of Bruce Wayne understood that. And they were both sort of like very, very understanding that Bruce Wayne is a philanthropist. Bruce Wayne is the guy who does try to fix his city financially, does do these things that improve qualities in neighborhoods and takes care of people. And Batman is the guy that takes care of those people who don't, who 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 are corrupting his city, who is, you know, taking everything away from everybody. That mm-hmm. was the separation. See, and so like seeing that scene where Riddler calls him out on it, I was like, good, because now it places it firmly in his head that that Bruce Wayne isn't the billionaire playboy persona. It's actually mm-hmm. this guy who's who can be a, a real good force. And because of that, it's able, I think, I think you're able to distinguish how people can separate Bruce Wayne from Batman because Bruce Wayne has this idea, you know what I'm saying? There's an idea about him where he's out there helping. And Batman is a guy who's out there helping, but in, in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's where I'm like, having that separation and having Riddler be the one that puts that idea in his mind. I think that's just the best contrast of, of how to do this character from Bruce Wayne to Batman is like one guy knows his privilege, accepts his privilege and does something about it in in two different ways. That's why I like Gotham so much is because like Bruce in that show was like, all totally on board with like trying to finish his father's father's legacy on trying to help the city. Mm-hmm. And then when he realizes that the, the city is basically beyond saving, that's when he switches into vigilante mode and then starts his nighttime crime persona, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, like I, I never really, I never really put that much focus into, cause I haven't, it's not that I put, didn't put focus. I haven't seen the Val Kilmer and George Clooney versions in a very long time of this okay. film, of those films. So I'll have to do like I, not a mature viewing because like <laughs> they're more comedy movies. But I'd like to see how they do handle Bruce compared to this version now. Yeah, because that was always the thing that I really did not like about uh, Christian Bale's that uh, Bruce Wayne was that he never felt like that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He he very much felt like the billionaire playboy version. And I was like, you know, and I like people talked about versus philanthropy, but you never saw him actually do that. So yeah, like, that exactly. was a, that was always something that I thought was a disconnect for me, because like, yeah, I grew up with with Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer and, and George Clooney's versions. And I just felt like especially the Kilmer and the Clooney really hit that that balance mm-hmm. of, of distinguishing what Bruce Wayne what Bruce Wayne meant to Gotham and what Batman meant to Gotham. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So like that was that was just always something that I was like the the fact that this movie really sort of challenged that idea, especially with it being a year one, year two story. Mm-hmm. I, I I really love that. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything last minute that I want to talk about. Oh, there's one thing we definitely did not talk about. Ever. The car chase? Two things we definitely did not talk about. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's start with that car chase. <laughs> that was perfection, dude. Dude, like, because I, I know, because I, I, I wish they didn't put that scene in the trailer of right. when like it blows up. He's like, ah, I got you, I got you. <laughs> I, I, I wish they didn't put that in. But like, even like, even though it was in the trailer, I was still like, when the Batmobile just like plows through the fire, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it was so dope. Oh my god, it was so dope, bro! Like the visuals, the action, the, the way that they styled it, man. I was like, I was thinking the whole time, like this movie is already really technically well shot and well crafted, and all of that. And that act, that car chase scene is like the most high adrenaline moment of the movie, and you got a lot of things moving like really, really fast. And all mm. I could think of is how this had to have been shot. Like I know this this took like a day or two. Like like this scene alone took like at least two three days to get right. And I'm like, man, just the style of it, the, the way it's executed. I mean, godly, and it was beautiful. Like yes. it, it was beautiful. Like what I find interesting is that this movie isn't an origin story for Batman, but it's basically an origin story for everything else. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Like it's an origin story for Penguin. It's an origin story for uh, uh, Riddler, for Joker, but it's also an origin story for the Batmobile. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, because it's like, oh man, if this is ha- like this is how they introduce the Batmobile. <laughs> like, like, man, I can't wait to see future iterations of this <laughs> of this thing because mm-hmm. it is brilliant. Yes. Um, I, I loved everything about it. And the final thing that we have to talk about, the thing that makes that car chase scene all the more worth it, Michael Giacchino's score. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, How do we not cover that? Dude, there's just... Oh, my God. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I would completely forgot to talk about it. Michael Giacchino, like, I love that, man. He is one of, <laughs> like, top five composers. Um, I mean... <laughs> he murdered it like you know how like you people say like oh he killed it he killed it with this role no he (laughs) murdered it he did fan freaking fantastic it is dude this score i literally have not been able to stop listening to it like it is so good like like and just the oh god so the car chase scene the name of that score is called highway to the anger zone <laughs> get it like, like it's hilarious and like oh my god when you hear it when you hear it you can hear the scene you can hear the the revving of the batmobile mm-hmm. and just like the intensity of that chasing i mean it's all there and that final upside down shot with the batman and that dun dun dun, 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 like, dun. i'm like oh it is so good I mean, when I tell you, man, there is nothing quite like th- like this score. It's up there. I think it's up there with, with what we talked about on the sound design. Like, 
it has to be in the conversation at the end of the year because it is brilliant like it's huh <laughs> like I don't want to I don't want to keep endlessly praising this but man that score that score is it's it's already in my top five of the year and like, yeah and like it could it could be in my top five of last year <laughs> like like that's how good it was and last year had some great scores so like it's 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 that good bro I mean mm-hmm. so many like you we talked about Riddler's theme is in, is in this score and I mean what he does with Ave Maria <laughs> you know what I really want is I I want a score only version of the film Ooh. Yes. Like, because Ryan Johnson gave us that with The Last Jedi. Um, and then, like, I've been recently rewatching Breaking Bad because uh, my brother's been watching it. And I pulled up the. You haven't seen Breaking Bad, have you? No. All right. There's a scene involving a crawl space, and like, just the, the music is insanely good. Uh-huh. And, like, you could just feel the emotion, like, the intensity of what's going on because of that music. But I, I, I made a score only version of it, and it's just like art. <laughs> so yeah. yeah i mean ev- every scene in this movie the the final scene with um the shootout at, at uh at the garden the gotham square garden <laughs> I, dude i thought that was so funny because like right. madison square garden right just you know saying super on the nose but like the shootout there even the score for that oh, when he comes out yeah. of the smoke and just starts whoop oh my god is so good <laughs> like honestly like the the themes are there, the direction is there, the action is there, the vision is there, but damn it if it doesn't all come together with my mm-hmm. Giacchino score. I mean, yes, wow, dude, he delivers. Like you said, he murdered it, man. He murdered it, nursed it back to health, and murdered it again. <laughs> like, like it was ridiculous. Like is I mean, his score is fantastic. It's one of if not the best things i love about this movie yeah it's so good and and i cannot stop listening to it yeah. like, like that, that's what's great about this movie and like unless you're like a huge like snob who thinks <laughs> this movie is for children um there's like even if you don't like one or two aspects of it there's still like anything in this film to love yeah there's still like, something in this film for you to love like when i walked out of it the first time i was like I was like, man, I'm like fighting the urge. I was like, man, that was great. But man, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, oh, I don't want to be that guy who's like masterpiece. That's why I was like, I got to see it again. I just got to see it again to see Mm -hmm. how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, bro. (laughs) Like, like, even with the things that I did not like. Sure, uh, Totoro's Falcone is not, not the right fit. Like he's good, but he's not the right fit. There are scenes that go on for way too long. The 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 runtime is still way too long. Um, you know what I'm saying? There, there's exposition heavy dumps in, in the movie. Absolutely. Some characters are underutilized. Got it. Even with all of that, this movie's a this movie is a goddamn masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> it is. And in, in in terms of what it does for Batman. I mean, I, I remember reading some reviews earlier and somebody had said, Robert Pattinson will be your, your new favorite Batman. And I was like, 
that is crazy. I was like, there's no way he can, he can top echelons of years of, of guys who have donned the cape and cow and he could be the better, best mm-hmm. one. There's no way. Yeah. No, no yeah, yeah, he did it. No, <laughs> like, he, he did it. I don't know what what will happen, what what comes after him, but no, he did it. Like Robert Pattinson is my new favorite Batman. It's insane how good he is in this movie. It's insane how good this movie is. Uh, Yeah. I'm still not sure on whether he's my favorite Batman or not. He's my favorite iteration of Batman so Mm -hmm. far, though. Mm -hmm. And I will say that this is my favorite Batman movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's still a, it's still in a toss up between this and Dark Knight. Like I know you 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 need to rewatch Dark Knight soon because like you were so against it. Um, I'm not sure if you still I, are. I I have grown in appreciation for it. Have you rewatched it lately? I've not rewatched it, but I've grown in appreciation for it mainly because the Dark Knight Rises is so terrible that I I really thought that nothing could get worse than the Dark Knight, and then I watched the Dark Knight Rises. And the Dark Knight Rises is way worse. So what I was like, wrong with you? so I'm like, okay, Dark Knight's not that bad. <laughs> like in comparison, like Dark Knight's not that bad. But I just, I could not get over uh, Christian Bale. I, I should preface, the Dark Knight was the first one I'd seen of the Nolan trilogies. I didn't even see Batman Begins until 2020. So like, yeah. So the first one I saw was the Dark Knight and I was so disgusted with it. I hated it so, so much. And I was just like, yeah, I'm out on this on this trilogy. And uh, but, you know, doing a podcast with these guys, they pulled me back in. I watched Batman Begins. I watched The Dark Knight Rises. And I'm I, and I'm still pretty much low on the entire Nolan franchise. But um, I will say, like, the way I have it right now is I have this movie, The Batman, number one. I have Batman Begins, number two. And I think I have Dark Knight at number five. Mm. Um, so like that's where I'm at right now. But overall, man, I, I just think this was the best one. I think this is the best iteration of Batman and his story that we've ever seen. So let's do it. Your official rating for the Batman. My first time watching, I was going to give it a four stars. Mm-hmm. My second viewing, I was sitting between a four and a four and a half. After talking today, I'm going to I'm going to go with a solid four and a half. This this film didn't I mean, it didn't exceed out uh, expectations because, like, I feel like everyone expected a masterpiece anyways. Mm-hmm. And Matt Reeves certainly delivered. So uh, definitely four and a half. Uh, I would have loved to give it five stars. Just There were a couple things that kind of got to me. But but hey, it's OK. Four and a half is great. You know, first time I was definitely toiling between a four and a half and a four. Um, and then the second time I was toiling between a four and a half and a five. And now after talking, I am solidified. This is a five-star movie. <laughs> like, oh my God. Phoenix giving something five stars. Yeah. What? Yeah. It, with, with every, with every complaint that I have, because normally I would say that a five-star film is a perfect film and you have zero complaints, but even with the complaints that I have, I want to see this movie again right now. (laughs) Like that's how much I freaking loved it because the good so outweighs the bad or, or or the indifferent or the, you know, not as good, like, like the good so outweighs it that this is, this is 
in my opinion, the perfect Batman movie that I've ever seen. So yes, it it, it gets five stars for me. Uh, so there we have it. Four and a half stars from from Brandon. Five stars for me. Um, if you have not gotten around to seeing the Batman, we cannot recommend it highly enough. I mean, yeah, it's in, insane, insane how good this movie is. Um, I want to see it again. I'm probably going to see it again. Um, right now, I like. I really love Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw that three times in theaters. I feel like I'm gonna break that record <laughs> like with the Batman. I'll probably I, see this like four or five times in theaters. I can't do that with this film. I saw Spider-Man five times, but like this film is a three hour long movie while like, well, I saw Avengers Endgame four times, I think. Right. I saw Avengers Endgame like six times in theaters. Yeah, see like, <laughs> but this one is just such a heavy film as far as runtime. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can, go see this more than twice like i would love to but I'm, i'll probably just wait for an at-home release to see it again i don't know i'm, I'm definitely gonna hit it up one, at least two more times because i i freaking loved it <laughs> all right so we're gonna get on up out of here guys uh thank you guys so much for listening brandon where can they find you you guys can find me at f-a-n-t-a-s-m-i-c ears over in letterbox go check me out go check out what i'm watching like i keep saying we've just uh, watched a lot of the uh, oscar nominated films so um yeah go check out what's over there see what i'm thinking of each film and thank you guys again for listening phoenix where can they find you you guys can find me on twitter at imho reviews one that's the number one and on letterbox under pa cloudin and as always please follow the show on instagram and twitter at film code pod and we will see you guys next week we are out of here peace